You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host, and we um, have with us Amy Owen. We are concluding our series we started three weeks ago on love and sex, and we've just had just the honor of having Amy with us explaining to us in our first episode we did together. She talked a little bit about God's plan for sex. In our second episode, last week, we talked about our heart and how our heart can often lead us astray and how we can align our desires with God's word. And to end our series on love and sex, we are going to be talking about just sex in the marriage relationship. And this episode is aimed at married women. Again, we are a Christian podcast. So one of the uh, things we've stressed throughout is just that sex is reserved for the marriage relationship and according to the word of God. So we are aiming this at married women, but if you're someone who is maybe engaged that is going to be married soon, or you're someone who you want to be married in the future, again, this may be just helpful for you to listen to as well, because you can perhaps learn something that will help you later down the road. But mainly we are talking to those who are in a married relationship, and we're going to be focusing today on just some helpful advice For women, perhaps if you are having issues in your sex life or you're just not fulfilled or you have questions or maybe are experiencing some pain or have some abuse from your past that is coming up that you don't necessarily know how to deal with. Amy, as I've mentioned before, is a family counselor and she also has some education in sex therapy and really a heart for sharing and talking about God's heart for sex, and just helping us in some of those areas that are so hard and awkward to talk about. Mm -hmm. We may feel like we don't really know who we can talk about with this or feel like maybe there aren't the resources we need to be able to get the help that we need. So Amy, Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn it over to you in a minute, but you've listed some points for us, just some advice for us in regards to sex and if we're having issues with pain or something else. And I'm so glad you're with us to navigate the topic. My husband is a health teacher and he does a unit on sex every semester. And I'm so glad that I am not the one standing in front of the room saying certain words. Um, He does it with a lot of grace and he just has a kind of personality where he just doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Like he'll just say it all. But I'm just like, honey, I'm so glad it's you because I will be the first one to say that we need to have open discussions Mm -hmm. in the Christian community about areas of our marriage and sex, but these are not easy conversations to have. And Mm -hmm. that's probably why a lot of times we don't have them because it's not easy. So Amy, we're so glad you're here to kind of help us out. And you've listed some points in your article Mm -hmm. that can just be helpful for women. And you also want to just point us to some helpful resources um, to just, you know, continue to help us after, you know, perhaps you listen to this episode or read the article that's on BeulahGirl.com. So Amy, I'm going to turn to you and 
go ahead and, and just uh, let us know some areas that are helpful to us, some advice you have for us. Absolutely. Well, thank you for allowing me to share. This is definitely a big part of my heart um, is sharing just some of the practical things. Um, one of my mentors in school, um, he would talk about using the verse as first Christian sex therapy as almost setting the captives free. Um, and it's because so often, like you said, we don't talk about sex, whether that be what is God's heart for sex or what are some practical ways that I can have victory in my marriage relationship in sex. And so I just get so excited to share some tips that I've learned along the way in my training and just common issues that we struggle with. And so that's what we're going to be walking through is just some different things that I think um, are important for us to either be aware of or to have hope in um, or to seek out help if we need extra help. So I'll just start walking through those. Um, so my first point is just to discuss what is pleasurable and appealing to both partners. Um, so just like Carol said, in communicating about sex is so important um, and that is so important for us to start doing within the church to do some education around God's word and even just practical things but also with our partners it's so important that we develop what I like to call like a sexual language with them and that can be code words if it's uncomfortable to say certain words or it can be the actual anatomical words if that feels more right but being able to communicate with them about what parts we like about our sexual relationship or what parts we want to change about our sexual relationship. Um, and that's, that just gives us a platform to be able to um, enjoy it more. It gives us an ability to have that greater intimacy with our spouse and enjoy that time so it's not just a chore, but it's really something we can come to serve one another in and love one another in. Um, and I put a note, this conversation is best had not in the heat of the moment, but usually outside of it where it can be received with more grace, less embarrassment or offense. You can kind of choose what that looks like best as far as what your personalities are, but for us, that typically works better. Um, and then also, I just always like to put this in there because this is a big thing um, in most married couples. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 states, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So freedom always has to be balanced with self-control. So in that, I like to say there's freedom within the marital bed for different acts, different things, but both partners must be completely um, for the act. They It must be something that both partners, even if... I mean, some new things might cause you some nervousness and things like that, but if there's any ounce of you that doesn't feel peace about it or feels like, you know, lesser than because of it, then that's not God's will. And so I just encourage you to seek out his will um, for you in that. It should never, no sexual act should ever cause a spouse to feel used, lesser than, or hurt because the marriage is about a partnership. And so we have to love one another as Christ loved the church. So that is a love that is service-oriented and... Um, a love that's constantly seeking just to honor the other person. Um, so that's the first point. Um, the second one is make intimacy the goal, not our orgasm. This is like the most passionate point for me um, because it encompasses so much of God's heart in my view. Um, I believe that he gave us orgasms as gifts, specifically as women, because they're not necessary for our reproduction. They're just something that he gave us, I believe, as a way to connect with one another in a deeper way and to enjoy the act more. Um, you know, women carry kind of the burden and the gift in a lot of ways as far as with pregnancy um, and oftentimes we don't enjoy the sexual act as much as men do it's a, a lot more linear of a process for a man as far as his sexual cycle um, whereas women we have so many things that distract us or might pull us from enjoying that we're way more impacted by stress and so I just encourage you when you're looking into your sexual relationship and kind of trying to um, figure out what 
you know, you desire from it, look at it as a place of intimacy. So you can still enjoy a sexual experience with your spouse without it being, um, orgasmic, I guess. Um, it can be something where you enjoy that intimacy or just being with each other without that having to be the goal. Cause sometimes that's out of our control. We might, you know, that might be our desire to have that, um, happen, but then something, you know, distracts us or we're stressed out and it just can be very disappointing. And so, um, Instead, try to foster intimacy outside of the bedroom. Um, that typically looks like mutual submission, service, quality time, a foundation in the Lord. Um, and just check your heart's motivation as you engage with your spouse. Um, encourage yourself. If you ever feel like a encounter with a failure because you didn't have an orgasm, I just encourage you um, just to look into that and seek how you had intimacy with your spouse or fight those thoughts that I think are so often the enemy trying to pull us from God's will for sex. Um and then again, just a reminder, we, I think we talked about it in the last podcast or maybe the one before, that God's standard is for intimacy is yada sex, which is that we would know our spouse. That's the word for sex in the Bible is yada, to know. And so seek that pleasure with your spouse within that covering rather than um, trying to find orgasm, which is often culture's goal. All right, the third point, um, talk about frequency. Again, this is about communication. Um, this is a very simple conversation that I would say completely changed um, our relationship around sex. So, so often um, in every single relationship, there's going to be what's called a desire discrepancy. There's going to be a higher desire spouse and there's going to be a lower desire spouse. And that doesn't mean that either of those people have what would be considered high or low desire in you know worldly standards it just means that one person is going to desire to have sex more frequently than the other and so within that it's so important um, that we talk with our spouse about what our hopes and expectations are um, so that we are able to meet each other's needs but not feel like a sense of obligation i guess because so often we assume that they want something um, but it's either not realistic or we have a wrong thought about what they want. And so being able to talk through what are you actually desiring, what's realistic for us, depending on our season of life, can avoid a lot of conflict and hurting one another if we're able to communicate about those hopes and expectations. Um, don't just assume that you know what they want. Actually ask them because it can really lift a weight off of your shoulders. Um and I just encourage you to set achievable, realistic goals. If you have young children in the house, that's going to probably be a good bit more difficult. Um, and I also like to encourage women. This is a big thing for me. Recognize receptive desire, which is saying yes to your higher partner's desire or your his initiation. Recognize that as desire. Just because you may not be the one initiating the encounter does not mean that you do not desire sex, even though it may feel that way sometimes. All right, the fourth point, don't push through the pain. Pain is a very, very common issue in sex. And so if that's something that you and your partner are struggling with, know that you're not alone in that at all and that there are a ton of resources for you. Um, I encourage you not to push through the pain because a lot of the times when we do that, we start associating that pain with the sexual experience. So there's, um, you know, in our brain, we always associate memories, you know, with certain emotions and things like that. And so if we're constantly associating sex with pain, we're going to be less interested in sex. It's going to be less fun for us and things like that. It's not going to be associated with intimacy. It's more going to be something we just try to get through and we have a lot of disappointment around it. So that's going to then decrease our desire. 
and it's more painful if we're not aroused. And so just a practical tip, um, if you are experiencing pain, the first thing I'd recommend is just trying out some different lubricants. Um, there's a ton of really great ones on the market. Um, wet is a really great one to try. These always have wonderful names. Um, and another one if you're trying to conceive is Pre-Seed. That's a, um, a lot of times lubricants can actually make it difficult to conceive. So just keep that in mind if that's the stage of life that you're at. Um, but also if you're continuing to have pain, there's tons of different resources, whether it be books out there, websites, or definitely seek counseling because there is victory in this. Um, our bodies are not created to have pain. There can be definitely some discomfort at the beginning of a relationship or as you're just kind of trying to learn out, learn what feels good. But if it's an ongoing thing for you and it's strong pain, then it's definitely not God's will for you. So just continue to seek um, help in that and victory in that. All right, number five. Seek help if you are struggling with the after effects of sexual abuse. Unfortunately, sexual abuse is incredibly common. Statistics show that one in three girls will be abused and one in six men um, or boys will be abused. Um, as I discussed in the first article, sex is an incredibly powerful act and the enemy is going to do all he can to use what God's created for good to bring about pain and destruction. But God, the God that we serve is even greater. He's faithful to redeem and heal. And he says that he will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. So he has given you a promise that even in the midst of just pain and heartbreak and this abuse, um, he has a testimony for you. He is going to redeem and repay those years. So this is something that because it's so common, I mean, it impacts our sex lives in huge ways because this, for many women, is the first time they ever learned about sex might have been in an abusive way. And so that tends to be what you then associate with sex. And so um, I really encourage you to seek healing, whether that be through counseling, whether that be through seeing a Christian sex therapist, um, discipleship, small groups. There's so many different options available and you're not alone in it. And so it's something that while it's so difficult to talk about, it brings such freedom and healing. And honestly, as you talk about it, we'll probably invite others to then share their experiences and their stories and things like that. And it just, it can so directly impact your relationship with your spouse. So I just encourage you to press into that more that he has for you. Um, because I know he, he does weep over that pain and he never intended for that to happen, but he will honor that bravery and that vulnerability as you seek out that healing that he has for you. And then number six is kind of changing um, paths a little bit, but just an effort to keep things fun, um, just making that effort. Um, and I know that that can sound really cliche because it really is a challenge to do. Uh, we can get into these routines and just kind of get into this way of life where sex is a, a thing to check off our to-do list or an afterthought. And so um, I just wanted to give some practical tips on ways that you can incorporate more fun into your sex life. So one of the biggest things is just be willing to try new positions, plan to be intimate, even in like different rooms of the house can sometimes be helpful. They sound like little things, but sometimes that change of scenery or something like that can just cause us to have that excitement we maybe had in the early um, time of our sex lives and things like that. And that the best way to do that is maybe um, finding different books and things like that that can just encourage you. And it probably will feel awkward at first, and that's totally fine. Just give yourself grace to have fun together. 
Um, also planning vacations, if you're able to do that, a little mini weekend getaway, things like that. If you're able to do that, um, just go somewhere that's refreshing or relaxing to you. Um, for most women, our bodies are so sensitive to stress. It can actually just shut down our sex drives when we're overwhelmed. Um, and it's so common for us as modern day American women to be stressed and overwhelmed. So just take that time if you're able to, to reconnect and enjoy one another's company um, and just do activities during the day that just allow you to connect with one another so that when the time comes when you want to be intimate, you're you're connected in a deep way emotionally that allows you to prepare for yourself physically to connect. Um, also love, this was actually some advice my counselor gave me and I love this. Um, she just encouraged me to prepare myself even throughout the day, whether it be my heart, my mind, or my body, um, she would encourage me just to spend time with the Lord, um, allowing Him to stir desire in me. Um, this is often a hard concept to grasp because of some of the things we talked about in the first podcast that we oftentimes have this mindset that, you know, sex is not God's or it's it's dirty. And so why would He care for my sex life to be blessed? But He really does, especially when your wish is to love and serve your spouse. I just think he will so honor that desire for you to love your spouse in that way. And so, um, I just encourage you to ask him to stir that within you. And then, um, so what I was talking about with my counselor, she would encourage me even just to do little things throughout the day that helped me feel more connected to my body, like shaving my legs or putting on lotion. Um, for me, like, you know, even finding like a cute pair of underwear that made me feel, you know, cute that day and things like that. Um, but just taking that time to remind yourself that, you know, God created me this way and this is, um, I am attractive and this is, you know, a good thing. Um, and that's so often it can get pushed back behind our work schedules, running errands, meal planning, children's needs, anything like that. I think we just forget sometimes, oh, we, I am created to be a sexual being. This is an important part of my marriage that I want to invest in and prepare for the same way I did prepare for that meal we had at dinner. But so often we don't give ourselves the time for that. Um, so spending that time to prepare and invest in your sex life, it can really make a big difference. And then lastly, just setting the atmosphere. Um, this may mean, you know, dimming the lights, putting on clean sheets, lighting up a favorite candle, um, anything that you can do that makes your physical atmosphere conducive to a place of connection and intimacy. It really can go a long way. Um, it sounds silly, but it's just something in our minds and our senses that just allows us to connect in a new way. Um, and so those are just some tips that come to mind for me. If you have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to reach out. Um, I've listed off some resources um, that I believe Carol's going to put some of these at the bottom. Um, one of my mentors going throughout school is an amazing man of God. His name is Dr. Douglas Rosenau, and he has a ton of different resources for different stages of life. Um, and different struggles and things like that. So he has one book called A Celebration of Sex that I highly recommend. Um, this was basically my textbook throughout my schooling. Um, he addresses pretty much everything we've just talked about and way, way, way much more. Um, he talks about really in depth about different struggles with pain or um, struggling to have orgasm. He talks about um, homosexuality and struggling with same-sex attraction. Um, he talks about 
um, sex after having children and sex during pregnancy and things like that. So it's a really great resource. Um, he also has a book, uh, Celebration of Sex for Newlyweds. Um, he has one on soul virgins, redefining single sexuality that he partnered with somebody in writing. Um, and then there's several other, um, there's also a Celebration of Sex after 50, uh, which is a really great resource as well. So there's some really great resources by him. Um, and then I've listed a couple other ones. Um, if homosexuality in the Christian um and Christianity is something that interests you. There's a book by that title, Homosexuality and the Christian, by Dr. Mark A. Yarhouse. And that was a really um, helpful and insightful read for me as well. So those are just a couple ones I wanted to mention. And then I've also left a link if you are interested in looking into a Christian sex therapist in your area. Um, it's a really easy process to look up. But these are all people who've had very in-depth training into what the Bible has to say about sex and some different strategies and techniques um, and resources that people can utilize if they're struggling um, with something in their sex lives. Well, thank you, Amy. You've given us such a wealth of information to consider. And what Amy has shared with us is really just the tip of the iceberg. These resources will go more in depth about them. And if you would like to know more, um, again, the resources are going to be listed under her article. And we'll just go ahead and have the names of all the books she mentions and a few other ones as well. And as you can see, just by listening, um, these books cover a wide variety of topics, more than we even covered or were able to or had time to cover in this podcast. And also, I don't know about you, but I didn't even know Christian sex therapy was like a thing. <laughs> I didn't even know there were Christian sex therapists. Again, she's providing a link um, to look that up again, if, if that's something that you feel like you know you're having pain or you're dealing with with an issue in your sex life that there can be healing and restoration and someone to walk through that with you and so we're so thankful that there are people who have studied this and have put resources out there that can mm -hmm. help us in whatever it is that we're struggling with and so what we've talked about again is just kind of the tip of the iceberg and that we encourage you to check those out and you can jump on BeulahGirl.com if you want to leave a comment or if you have a question or want to know more or even if you want to just remain anonymous and you have a question for Amy or want to know more about a specific resource or topic she's talking about, you can jump on the contact tab and contact us anonymously. It will not appear uh, for the rest of the blog to see. Uh, because again, this can be kind of a sensitive mm -hmm. issue. So thank you, Amy. This has been such an awesome series that we've done together. This kind of wraps up the uh, three-part series we've done on love and sex. I've gained so much just from hearing from Amy, and I hope that you have as well. If you have not listened to episodes one and two that we did together in this series, we talked in episode one about God's plan for sex again. And then in the second episode, we talked a little bit about just aligning our heart with God's and submitting our desire to his. And so I encourage you to check those out and also visit BeulahGirl.com for other resources uh, related to just a myriad of issues beyond just sex, love, dating. Um, we have just articles on a variety of topics. So thank you once again uh, for being with us, Amy. And thank you once again for listening. This kind of concludes. I'm just going to wrap us up in prayer. Lord, you design sex. It is sort of a topic that we sometimes don't know how to approach because it's awkward. But even in these areas that we maybe feel like we don't have anybody we can talk to or that we should keep hidden, that you have people that have stepped out and created these awesome resources. And I just pray, Lord, whatever it is that we're experiencing, maybe we're just not fulfilled in our sex life. We're afraid to have that conversation. Maybe we're just so busy that we just don't 
you know, have time for much sex or whatever it is that we can come to you, even in this area of our life and that you want us to have fulfillment in this area and that having a relationship with you, you care about these intimate details. You care about everything that we face in our life, not just that, you know, we go to church or do spiritual things like fasting and praying, but you also care about this too. And um, so, Lord, I just pray for the women listening wherever they find themselves, that they wouldn't be afraid to to seek you and to get maybe help in the area if they need it. Um, maybe check out some of these resources. But, Lord, that you would just speak to them in whatever way that they need to be spoken to through our limited words, Lord. And that this would just be a start for them to just have the courage to step out and maybe get some help in an area or to pursue maybe some resources and look up some things that maybe they've been afraid to really address before. In your name, amen. Amen.